It is an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the estate planning and government assistance laws are quite complex and ever-changing, how do you keep track of them? Through elder law attorney Michael Cohen. He's there for you to answer any of your planning questions in a way that you and your loved ones will easily understand. Mike has devoted his entire career to dutifully informing and protecting our parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles, anyone in need. Join us now to learn more about estate planning essentials with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here now are Michael and Don. We welcome you once again to another Estate Planning Essentials podcast and radio program. My name is Don Crawford, Jr., the grateful owner of this fine radio station, KWM Radio, and co-host of this program for podcast purposes, for whatever audio listening purposes you have. And our goal is to smartly seek to protect your family, your assets, and you. And I'm sitting with my co-host, my attorney, my friend, who should be your attorney. And he's our Dallas Estate Planning expert, and his name is Michael Cohen. Hello, Michael. Hello, Don. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Thank you. On today's topic, uh, we want to get right into it, and you want to discuss with me and present to the audience the concept of choosing a trustee, who, why, etc. Yeah, I guess we first probably ought to, you know, a lot of people don't even know what a trust is, right. and so maybe we should just start from the basics, uh, because there's lots of different types of trust, first of all. Um, numerous types, and may, and who, when you choose a trustee, sometimes you look at what type of trust that it is, or how much there is, and mm-hmm. things like that. Uh, a trust is well. There's lots of types. Um, there's when most people think of a trust, they think of a revocable living trust. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, that's a trust where you could always revoke it or amend it. Most people use that to avoid probate or to avoid guardianship or have privacy and not have to go by the state's laws. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll probably do a show on wills versus trust in a week or so. Great. Um, but but who could be the trustee of the trust? Well, it depends. There's other types of trust. So, for example, some people have trust within their wills. That would be a testamentary trust. Uh, some people uh, have special needs trust. That could be standalone or in your a trust within your will or a trust within your trust. Uh, and there's and also there's you know lots of different things. Sometimes we have an underage beneficiary. Sometimes there's incentives to have uh, on how you distribute assets in the trust. So who is best suited to be the trustee of the trust? Well, mm-hmm. it depends on the yeah. situation. Yeah. Uh, how much money? Is it is important to have somebody familiar with the people? Is it somebody that? Uh, has a financial expertise? Is it somebody who's familiar with the certain type of laws, let's say on special needs trust, Medicaid laws mm-hmm. for those who are disabled? Is it important to know uh, how, you know, some people, of course, a trustee is in charge of, is the person who's in charge of the assets in the trust. You know, and before you go any further, the obvious one, just to, to use the word again, is do you trust the trustee? I think you trust them. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. That's probably the most important question to ask. Yeah. And any fiduciary, do you trust them? Mm-hmm. So whether it's the agent under a power of attorney 
or a trustee of a trust. It's not, don't just choose the oldest kid or uh, somebody that's uh, just a family member just because they're a family member. Right. Is it somebody you trust? If the answer is no, they shouldn't be trustee. So you have to think about it. Um, you know, a lot of times people get cost conscious. And in fact, that's probably where everybody starts. They start off saying, if, okay, uh, I don't want to pay a bank, for example, uh, a trustee's fee because banks charge trustee's fees. There's often banks or trustees, trust companies that can often serve as trustees. So they say, I'm going to choose uh, a family member uh, and I'm going to start off with my oldest child and I'll work my way down. Okay. Well, just because you're the oldest child doesn't mean you know they know what any. I mean, do they know how to invest? Mm -hmm. Do they know how to manage assets? Mm -hmm. Do they know how to? What happens if it was an estate? Do they know how to file income tax returns? What about estate tax returns? Do they know how to deal with real estate, whether it's securing it, selling it, uh, making sure it's being taken care of? Uh, is there going to be an estate sale? Is there going to be, you know, you need to get appraisals, you need to notify creditors, are you going to have an accounting, do you need to keep records, Do you because they, they, as a, a trustee, you're going to have to uh, communicate with the beneficiaries and you may have to show them how the money has been sent because uh, they could, the, the, the beneficiary, beneficiary is the one who stands to benefit mm -hmm. uh, from the trust. So a lot of times there's a lot of different responsibilities. Managing, investing, uh, taxes, uh, and then of course, if there's somebody had special needs, oh, and then there's lots of other issues too. I mean, you know, do you even want it just because it's cheaper? Is it the best thing? Well, what if you have a trustee? Uh, let's say one child is the trustee over the benefit of a another child's trust, which happens a lot. I'm not saying you can't do it. But he knows his sibling. But you know how the sibling thinks of it? That's my money. Why are you not giving me my money? And it often leads into, quite frankly, into arguments. I cannot tell you how many times I've heard from the, let's say, the child who's the beneficiary of the trust is, why didn't he give me my money? That's my money. But there's a reason. There's A lot of times there's reasons for having different types of trust. So I'll just tell you about one yesterday just because um, it's to mine. Mm -hmm. In this case, um, um, mom, who's 100 years old, that, you know, we've talked on shows that people are living longer, mm -hmm. um, but she has capacity, got three kids. They had a um, business property in mm -hmm. Deep Ellum. Okay, that's an area that's highly appreciated. She doesn't want to sell that. Um, and, you know, a lot of times you say, okay, the assets go to, uh, all to my uh, children equally, and if they die, then it goes to their kids. But let's say if it just went to the kids and the kids had a second or third marriage. And even if they didn't, uh, uh, do, you, do, we want, do we want the uh, spouse of one of the children, if child predeceases mom, Remember, uh, mom's 100. One of her kids is 77, and he's on his third wife. What if he dies before mom? Mom's in good shape. <laughs> She's still getting as very sharp as tack. If, um, 
if the child dies first, or let's say even dies after mom, his will may say everything to my spouse. Do we want that business to be partners, the wife, the third wife, to be partners with your two children? How do you think the two children feel about that? This has been in our business. This has been in our family. I wasn't. I really don't want to be partners with his third wife or even his children, for that matter. What can you do? Oh well, you can have a trust within your will or a trust within your trust. Who is the trustee? Like you've always had a box within a box. That's right. Always a good theater of the mind. So Mm -hmm. the difference is like on a revocable trust, it's an open box. Mm -hmm. Um, Revocable trust, you could get to your money. You're usually the one that sets up the trust. You're the trustee of the trust. You're the beneficiary of the trust. So it's because it's you can get to it whenever you want. For whatever reason, the government says, well, that's that's nothing has changed. It's your money, so it's your social security number on Mm -hmm. the uh, tax returns. Mm-hmm. But if you had a closed box, something where it's more difficult to get to, an irrevocable trust, well, then it has its own tax ID number generally. Mm. I said generally, sometimes you can set up tra- um, uh, irrevocable trust with your own Social Security number if you have various elements of control. That gets into a different story, um, probably beyond the show, uh, because uh, so there's certain, but just to tell you since I started it, uh, there's income tax rules, step up and basis rules, estate tax rules. So you, you could set up an irrevocable trust where you have elements of control. So if you want income tax uh, to be a tax to you, the individual, uh, you put in these things that are in Section 671 to 679 of the Internal Revenue Code. If it's the estate tax, 2035 to 2039. So you put in this different language. Now, it should be mentioned. Oh, I shouldn't even get into it because it's getting kind of complicated. There are different types. Just put it this way. The attorney looks at who do you want to tax? Do mm-hmm. you want to tax the the one who uh, is the one who sets up the trust? Mm-hmm. Do you want the trust to be taxed or do you want the beneficiary to ta- be taxed? And so you could create just based on the laws, whoever you want to tax. And so you have to look at the individual situation. Well, that's getting more complicated than we probably need to get to today. Uh, But the bottom line is, who do we trust? Who do we trust is, like you said, uh, and it gets into a lot of the different things. Some people choose friends. Some people say family members. Some people even choose the attorneys. And some people have corporate trustees. Uh, Personally, I know I've been asked many times to be a trustee. I've never accepted it because I don't want to be in somebody else's family situation. Yeah. Uh, other attorneys have different opinions. Uh, I would never be uh, – I would never choose myself as an executor or as a trustee. Uh, it just – I got. I'm not, I, I want to sleep at night, yeah. and I don't want to worry about other people's issues on that, although I've been asked many times. I appreciate the fact that they trust me, but I don't – um, think it's a good idea for the attorney to do that, but a lot of times attorneys or, or uh, they may have been a long-standing client. Right. And they say, "Hey, we touch trust you," and and they're going to be they'll be a, usually an hourly rate is what most of the attorneys charge. Mm-hmm. You see, so so like on cost, you know, if it's a family member, they often don't charge. Now that mm-hmm. could be a good thing and that could be a bad thing because that person, let's say, it was a family member. Oh, gee. That's a lot of work. I got. I have my own life, right? And and I'm having to deal with all this. Um, 
And if it's a, and not to mention, it could create the friction in later years. So one of the things that we talk about when you have a family member as a trustee over another family member is, you know, they're not going to, the one who's the beneficiary may not like this. You may be causing where they don't talk for the rest of their lives. Yeah, I've heard that. I actually have people, they, they talk again, but boy, it broke them up for 10 years. Family members, cannot the trustee charge the estate for their time? Yeah, you put down, so one of the things that we usually ask uh, in when we do like a trust, for example, is do you want, or even a will for that matter, and even a power of attorney could be compensated. So it all depends on what you want to say. So what would be the, uh, what would you, how can you do it? Well, there's different ways. Do we say a certain dollar amount? Do we say it by the year? Do we say a certain percentage of the estate? Do we say what's ever reasonable? Mm. Of course, then they've got to find that reasonable man yeah. that we've been looking for ever since I went to law school, at least. Friends and family discounts? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you could say a certain percentage. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so one of the things that you often talk about when people do a trust is, do you want to compensate and how do you want to do it? And so we go over those different things. So when I had a discussion this week, uh, they did say, well, what's reasonable? Well, I don't know what's reasonable, and that's what often leads into a dispute. It could be litigation because we don't know what reasonable really is. And if I'm a trustee, um, one of the things my father taught me was to go high, meaning whatever you assume it's going to be this amount of work, it's a lot more work and time than you could ever imagine because this is new to you, perhaps. But even if it's not new, things change, laws change, but it's going to demand more of your time, and I think you realize. Yeah, now— Professional trustees generally charge a percentage of the estate. Percentage of the, interesting. In other words, like uh, banks, and they look at the amount that you have uh-huh. generally, unless it's a complicated thing. You know, let's say there's businesses or special needs, and they may uh, have a different fee. Uh, so typically, yeah, you know, so when you say, well, when should I have a bank as a trustee? Mm-hmm. Well, it depends. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a lot of times it's not even make sense unless the— uh, because the the fees, right? Uh, unless they have at least a million bucks. Okay. And what uh, percentage do they typically ask uh, for? They, anywhere from you know uh, half a percent if it's uh, if it's a large large estate to maybe two well two percent maybe it could be more uh, if it's more complicated but they usually have a fee schedule. Mm-hmm. And by the way, mm-hmm. when you do have professional trustees, it's not a bad idea to you want to meet with them. Uh, who do you feel comfortable with? Just like in anything in life, who do you feel comfortable with? Right. If you don't feel comfortable with them, then you shouldn't do it. Now, the other benefit of having a professional trustee, besides the fact that they're professional, they get audited sometimes, they have regulations, uh, they they have no, uh, you know, they can just try to make independent decisions and not just do what a family member may be more willing or less willing, for that matter, mm. to do whatever the distributions may be. Um, the professional trustee, you know, they are professionals and they're going to live on. So that bank is going to live on, or at least most, unless it's Silicon Valley. Uh, (laughs) SVP. Yeah, Mm -hmm. right, right. So, uh, you know, most banks are going to continue for hundreds of years, Mm -hmm. uh, or we think, or at least they'll have a successor, uh, whereas people die and become disabled. Uh, So uh, one of the benefits, if it's going to be a long-lasting trust, 
uh, is that the trust goes for a long time. If you have an underage trust, you may have to say, well, oh, gee, uh, for a grandchild, let's say you had a trust for a grandchild mm-hmm. for until they're 25. Well, if you had one of your siblings as the trustee, well, one second, if you have a grandchild, you might be 70, 75, 80, whatever years mm-hmm. old. One second here. Is that a good idea? Right. You know, I initially had uh, my mother-in-law, my father-in-law be the trustee when the kids were young. Quite frankly, now he's in his 80s mm-hmm. and not as good a health, and you probably should not have him. And so you definitely change the trustee. Right. Uh, he was great with money. Mm-hmm. He knew how to invest it. He knows all. Mm-hmm. But, you know... Sometimes you have to get somebody a little bit younger uh, because the if the facts warrant it, because um, age and the older you get, the more likely you're to die or become disabled. Of course, you always have an alternate, no matter what. Now, let's say you have the one of the benefits is to have a family member because they know the parties. And when you say, well, gee, but they're not really good, can you have a co-trustee? Sure, you could have a bank or whatever professional trustee, and you could have the individual. So you could have co-trustees. Of course, there's some good and there's some bad about that, too, uh, because, you know, they have to agree or whatever, or uh, that may be good, but that also may be bad because there may not be a decision. Uh, by the way, if, if you, uh, what you could do, and this is one thing that an attorney might be more likely to do, is to have be a trust advisor or protector. Hmm. So, in other words, let's say we want to get rid of the bank or the trustee or the uh, individual, you could give in your documents the ability to remove a trustee because they're either they've done something that we think is not right, uh, and so even if you had a spouse that lacked capacity or died, uh, you could have a trust advisor. Uh, sometimes people have trust committees, mm-hmm. uh, so there's the trust advisor protector to be able to remove a trustee who's acted poorly. So it depends on uh, how complicated you want to get. And just like everything in life, as you can see, there's lots of decisions to make when you choose a trustee. Uh, and so um, it's not a right or wrong answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you had somebody disabled, well, then you may, you know, we have certain banks that not all banks will even be a trustee uh, if you had somebody who had a special needs because they're not familiar with the Medicaid rules. And, mm-hmm. of course, if you have an individual who's going to be the trustee of the special needs trust, are they going to know about Medicaid rules? Well, and that means they're going to have to talk to the attorney or they'll have to stay in touch. Of course, a trustee could always hire uh, uh, advisors, what's for somebody to invest. So mm-hmm. uh, even if you name child, you better have them know enough that they may need to uh, know somebody who knows about investing, for example, mm-hmm. or in the case of the special needs, that you may have to hire somebody who knows something more about those public benefits laws. So there are certain banks. So we say, okay, these banks deal with special needs trust. We know the banks that only deal that deal with not all uh, banks. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of big banks, you'd be surprised, do not deal with special needs trust because it's its own little area. Just like you know, in my world, in the Medicaid world, the elder law world, a lot of estate planning attorneys refer the public benefits things 
to the elder law attorney because it's so specialized in the laws and that the uh, rules and, you know, estate planning attorneys are often concerned more about taxes mm-hmm. and things like that. And the elder law attorney is often concerned about public benefits or loss, their loss of public benefits because so, it's so valuable, whether it be drugs or whatever, or cost of care. Yep. Know thy weaknesses. Stay in your lane. All those cliches. Make sure that you do what I didn't do in my 20s and 30s like I should have due to insecurities and other reasons, and that is to delegate. Delegate to investment experts, to financial planners, and I strongly recommend, if not admonish you, to delegate to Michael Cohen uh, because he will basically prove to you that he is very worthy and capable of laying out the right plan with all the boxes you may need, um, whether it becomes whether it comes to government assistance or estate planning. The first step in that direction is to attend his next workshop, which is Saturday, June the 24th at 10 o'clock. And Michael, briefly tell him about those workshops and how important they can be. Well, we ask people what they want to know. I mean, I don't know that there's been many questions about professional trustees or uh, who should be a trustee. Although we do ask, that I've had the question, how much do we need to have to, to be able to establish a trust? And, mm-hmm. of course, there's the answers. There's uh, a lot of people will establish trust with even limited amounts of money. But that we'll maybe we'll do a show on wills versus trust real soon I like that. and uh, talk about that. But the uh, uh, we ask people what they want to know. A lot of times it's about wills, a lot of times about trust, a lot of times it's about powers of attorney, a lot of times about special needs trust, a lot of times it's about Medicaid, a lot of times about all sorts of things. We never know what the questions are going to be. And we've been doing these workshops for over 10 years, and not one workshop has been identical. And the reason is because the questions that people ask will be different. Not only that, you've also mentioned that many people return to the war- workshops more than one time. Yeah, yeah. No, mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting. So you see some familiar faces, mm-hmm. and uh, which is nice. We'd love to see you. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so it's good. I'm, I'm yeah. glad that they – I said, boy, gee, I can't believe you want to hear me once. Uh, my wife won't listen to me. Uh, maybe hear me twice. You know, I, my wife won't listen to me. I don't understand. Uh, so, uh, yeah, to go to that free estate planning essentials workshop, as you mentioned, all you have to do is call 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. Or sign up online at Dallas elderlawyer.com. So the workshop, which is uh, in our office conference center over uh, just north of Medical City Hospital in North Dallas, close to 75 and 635, uh, just north of Forest, uh, is when the, it is where the lo- uh, workshop is located. It's free. There's no obligation. If you do go to the free estate planning essentials workshop, then we also let you have a free one-hour vision meeting. In other words, three free hours of legal education without obligation. You could ask whatever questions. You're going to learn from the questions of others. You'll be surprised how much you're going to learn. We always say that the two hours are going to fly by. You're going to learn something, and that you're going to have some fun along the way. So you get three free hours, and I should not be – I would be remiss oh if I did not mention the free and coffee mug, which says – has this – Texas on it, and it has God, Texas, 
country, or not in exactly in that order. Mm-hmm. God, country, Texas, that's actually the order. Mm-hmm. And of course, um, with these long days of summer, as we're at the longest days, we need that coffee to stay up. Uh, and so the free Joe will be there, be offered along with donuts with that KAAM coffee mug, which people have clamored on. You should have seen uh, before uh, Father's Day, they went, they went, and they took that coffee mug. And after they even had our coffee mug, they went to Starbucks and said, I'll have a coffee grande. Who came up with the phrase, this guy? Because this guy is really entertaining, I'll tell you. Um, thank you for the mug plug. The mug plug. I like that. The mug plug. Um, but sign up for Michael's next workshop. Uh, it's it's coming up very soon. Um, dial 214-720-0102 or go to DallasElderLawyer.com. Two minutes, Michael, on the final salient points on choosing a trustee. Well, I think there's really four important things. Okay. Does the trustee have the time? Time, okay. Because it takes a lot of time to be a trustee. Yes. I told you about all the different types of services that you may have to do, and of course it varies from the type of trust. Mm -hmm. Number two, responsibility. What is that relationship? What is the family dynamics? Will it hurt the relationship? Will the person make impartial decisions? Do they have a power trip? Or what is the story? So we need to see if that person would act in a responsible manner. Expertise. You know, um, sometimes it, you know, if you're, let's say, a family business or maybe if it's a uh, special needs trust, as I said, you have to have the expertise. Does that person have enough expertise? If not, you may have to have a professional trustee or at least have a co-trustee to be with the family member, the family member knowing the family dynamics, the professional who might be audited, mm-hmm. um, you know, who has more regulations, who has impartial uh, to act. However, uh, you, you could have a trust advisor or protector uh, if you wanted to uh, make sure that somebody acted in a, in a way that was correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, finally, there's cost. And so that gets into if it's smaller, then you're more likely to not have a corporate trustee. Uh, but cost also has to be considered. And, of course, you can see what the compensation is. As to, you know, that, And then it depends on the type of assets. There could be weird type of assets that only professionals deal with. Uh, but you may have to consult, whether it be attorneys or financial advisors or portfolio managers or accountants, whatever. Uh, so the person has to at least know who to call. Things change. Your desires change. The people that you trust change when it comes to trustees and when it comes to trust in general. So attend Michael's next workshop to understand what your options are. Dial 214 Go to to sign up for Michael's next estate planning essentials workshop. Leading estate planner practicing law for decades in Dallas, Texas, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the Texas and federal laws. The next step to that end is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com and sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. 
Or you can also call them by dialing 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. A talk show host on KAAM for eight years now, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate what could currently be a rather insufficient estate plan. Make certain that is not the case and that it is created and completed your way by signing up for his next free workshop today.